Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Do you have a big decision that you're struggling with? Or do you have trouble making decisions? Or maybe you just want confirmation that you're headed in the right direction and made the right choice. Well, I've created a special gift for you called How to Ask the Universe for a Sign. In this free half-hour audio program, you're going to learn exactly how to ask the question, how to set everything up so that you can get an answer within 24 hours and finally know one way or another what you should be doing about a particular situation. This has worked so well for me. I'm happy to share it with you. To listen, just go to nevertoolate.biz slash sign. So that's N-E-V-E-R-T-O-O-L-A-T-E dot B-I-Z slash S like in Sam, I-G-N. It's a simple tool to use that offers amazing and wonderful results. In this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Tina Irwin. Tina is passionate about being a ghost helper, teaching the living to help the dead. She wants to empower us all to help all ghosts. This is the compassion we will want for ourselves by using the crossing over prayer on ghosthelpers.com and in the crossing over book. When a psychic only connects to a dead person, the ghost does not receive the critical assistance they desperately need. Tina has studied metaphysics all her life, gaining insight into the mystical world of magic and spirituality. The author of eight books on metaphysics, her writing comes from an intense desire to know and understand the hard science behind the unseen world of action and reaction, combined with a sincere desire to share this understanding with other knowledge seekers. Her lifelong studies into the deeper meaning of events and actions were further enhanced by the experiences of a dynamic 20-year career in the Navy, working for the U.S. Submarine Force retiring at the commander level. That's pretty impressive. So let's welcome Tina. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I heard you recently on somebody else's podcast, and I was so taken with what you had to say because I'd never heard anything like it. And so that's why I'm really excited to have you here today because I've talked to many mediums and I've done some mediumship myself. But those aren't necessarily ghosts that we're talking to. They're, pe- they're spirit more than ghosts. You focus on spirits that are stuck on the earth plane, right? Yes. There are so many kinds. And, and I have three ghost books out, Ghost Stories from the Ghost Point of View. And in book three, I discuss all the different ways that uh, a soul can be haunted including the living can haunt the dead. Everyone thinks, oh, the dead are haunting me, but sometimes it's the other way around. And sometimes people don't know they're dead. Sometimes they die so suddenly that the reality of death is something they instantly deny. So as many personalities as there are on earth, those are the complete numbers of different types of ghosts that you can have as well. And they all benefit from crossing over. Wow. 
how did this come about that you started helping the ghosts crossover? Like a lot of people, everyone in psychic, you can't get through the day without having some level of psychic ability. Everybody loves music, but you know, we're not all musicians. I just developed a larger level of ability and it's not a gift because I couldn't give it back. And my husband and I were stationed in Italy, both doing work for the submarine force and the buildings that we were in in Italy were haunted. Whether you were psychic or not, there was no mistaking the torture that was going on because the Nazis built some of the buildings. Some of it was just terrifying. You didn't want to be in the buildings alone. And then we moved from Italy to Charleston, South Carolina, and every building in Charleston is haunted. Really? Yes, yes. I mean, think about it, it. You've got people there from the from the 1600s on. You have the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812 and the Civil War and slavery and settlers who died of starvation and loneliness and privation. Then modern people. And when you have that many stacks of time, sometimes those stacks of time collide you have that many, you're going to have ghosts from so many different time periods and they don't know they're impacting the living. So we bought a house in Charleston and it was 18 months old. It was so profoundly haunted. And I didn't understand, you know, with a new baby that a house could have predecessor energy on the land. Right. The house was new. Predecessor energy is what goes with the property. Yes. Long before the house was there. And I think if people can wrap their brain around that, there's, there's almost no new land or virgin land much anymore, unless you have an island in the South Pacific that comes up with a volcano. Human beings have lived and died on properties on the East Coast of the United States for, I mean, the Native Americans were there long before the white man could even conceive of the quote, new world. And that meant that the ghost we had was there from what we were able to trace back was the Archdale Plantation. And this ghost would pound the walls and run down the hall and beat his fists on the headboard above our bed. And in one absolutely no kidding, most terrifying moment, he got into bed with me. <laughs> and I could feel this man next to me. And my husband was actually not at sea. My husband spent 42 years at sea. But that night, he was next to me. Oh, thank <laughs> this, God. This ghost put his hand in my hand and started to squeeze my hand. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I was so helpless because I'm thinking, oh, my God, what comes next? And your mind races. And then he got out of bed. And I could feel him standing in the room watching me. But I couldn't speak. It was all I could do to breathe at all. And I had already been desperate to figure out how do you get rid of a ghost? And that's what we all think. Oh, I got to get rid of him. I was that way because I didn't understand. So I set about learning like so many of us do. We figure it out. But you know, in 1979, 1980, you didn't have the resources that you even have today. So I went back to some really ancient esoteric texts and started reading. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and I read Annie Besant, and Alice Bailey, and C.W. Ledbetter, and I contacted the Duke University School of Parapsychology. Nobody knew how to get rid of a ghost. Oh, we just study them, but, you know, we don't know what you do. Well, then I discovered my entire neighborhood was haunted. How haunted was it? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> 
<laughs> I screwed up my courage and asked my neighbor and she said, oh my God, my house is so haunted and he steals jewelry. And I said, oh my God, my ghost stole jewelry too. You know, a diamond earring, not both earrings, just a diamond from one earring. Contact lenses, children's shoes, wallet. Her jewelry eventually reappeared. reappeared. Mine never did. Another man heard horses all night long. He said his house must have been over a stable with this old Archdale plantation. This story is heavily detailed in Ghost Stories Book One. There was another woman who would come down in the morning and all of her living room furniture had re been rearranged. This happened oh. every night. Oh my. She heard nothing and she grew, she said, that's it. I, and she moved. Another lady would come down her stairs and there would be a rocking chair that had been moved in front of a blank wall, which must have been somebody's porch. And it was just rocking and rocking. And, and I looked at all of these people, good people who had no idea what to do and felt helpless. And no one should feel helpless. We should feel empowered. So I set about learning, but it took me many, many years to figure it out. And what I realized was that when you study the process of death, we live in the third dimension of time and physicality and space and gravity. Well, when you die, you follow the laws of physics. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's the second law of thermodynamics. So if anybody says, oh, there's no such thing. It's like, dude, you can't deny physics. That's right. So that's the teaching the physics of metaphysics part. If that's true, then that which animates us has to go somewhere. So it moves into the fourth dimension, which acts like a step-up transformer. So you are encumbered with time and space and gravity, and you travel and you ping at the speed of thought. How many thousands of people have said, oh, you know, when my aunt died, my mom died, my uncle, I could feel them right next to me. Those people are not crazy. They're normal. Yeah. <laughs> because when you're dead, you travel with the speed of thought like that. Yeah. And then what do you do next? No one teaches what to do at death except the Tibetans and maybe the Huna tradition in Hawaii. Again, studying, 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 I'm beginning to understand that a lot of ghosts don't, don't know that what they're supposed to do next. So people say, well, just, just go wherever you're supposed to go. But if you're six years old, you don't know what that is. You're clueless. Yeah. And then I stumbled on the process of remote viewing. And when that happened to me, and remote viewing is exhausting because you take your third eye, which for most people is the size of a pea, and you have to expand it to the size of a dinner plate. Wow. Which it's painful to be able to remote view with any skill and responsibility. You, you really have to work at it and it is tiring. I figured it out. The first person I crossed over was a very evil being. He had terrible intent. It was a living person. He had tried to do something really terrible to me, but he died. And I was connected to him and I could see his death. I could see him leave his body. It was my first really interactive remote viewing experience. I could see the paramedics come and I could see them take him away. When he died, I could see this, these horrible dark beings. They're actually, they have a name. They're called lower realm intelligences. And if you remember the movie Ghosts, the Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg movie, those little dark guys with beady red eyes, they exist. They're called lower realm intelligences, and they came for him. My brother was with me, and he said, let's cross him over. So I said, okay. And with that intention, 
this light appeared. Not like I'm some great magic person and I can just snap my <laughs> fingers and the light appears. I'm really ordinary. But I had a genuine desire to cross the man over. And just before he took that last step into the light, he turns to me and he said, why would you help me? I tried to do something terrible to you. And my answer was because you're not mine to judge. Thank goodness. You're not mine to judge. And once you cross over, maybe this time you will get the guidance you haven't gotten in millennia of living and dying. When I saw him move into the light, I got a glimpse of what that light was like. And it was astounding. Well, after that, it's like I was a ghost magnet. And then I had to learn how to do it with greater and greater and greater efficiency. And then in 2012, I dropped my iPhone, went to the iPhone store, but I was early for the appointment, went to an exclusive handbag store, and my first ghost book had just come out. And I was talking to this lady and she, and I handed her a book card because I'm a new author and I, this was so fun. And she said, this store is so haunted. You have to help us. I said, really? You have a thousand dollars. You have thousands and thousands of dollars worth of handbags here. She said, it doesn't matter. Oh my God, this store is so haunted. The racks move. We can feel people watching us. Things fall off of shelves. Can, can you do something? So I said, sure. So I remote viewed it, you know, right there. Cause I got a lot better at the skill set. There were a whole bunch of homeless people there who love watching women because there were a few clothes in the store in addition to the handbags. And there were some women who shopped till they dropped and they kept shopping. These women oh, died they were- and they came back and they were still shopping. Oh my God. I hope that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I got all these people crossed over and I said, let me know how it goes. So she calls me in a couple of days and she said, well, it was really good for a couple of days, but we have more of them now. And I said, all right, I'm going to write this prayer. So I sat down and developed the crossing over prayer, actually a lot of help from the other side. And then I had her beta test it. Then I had a, I did a radio show in 2012 in uh, Amsterdam. I did a lot of shows with this guy. He took the prayer as a beta tester and walked through the battlefields of Europe. Wow. That was brave. And he said the prayer hundreds and hundreds of times in this slow, gentle voice. He just kept repeating it. And he started hearing these little thank yous, thank yous, thank yous. And this warmth began to fill him. And I had more people ask me, do you have anything I can use? So I had, this was beta tested all over the world. Well, one of the most chilling tests was a woman in upper state New York who contacted me. And she said, I really am desperate. My father was executed in New York for murder. He really is. He was a murderer and he's haunting me. And every day he tells me I should murder my four-year-old daughter. And what is so horrifying is my daughter can hear him say these things. Oh no. I, I need you to help me. Can you just remove him? And I said, well, sure. I can just do it. How much more powerful would it be if you did it? She said, well, I I don't think, I said, what if you took your power back from this man that you haven't been able to get back in millennia? And if it doesn't, if you feel like it didn't work, of course, call me back, I'll help you. But I want you to take the crossing over prayer, which is on ghosthelpers.com, by the way, and just say it over and over and over, and you're going to feel a shift. And it's subtle. Experiment with it. So she said, well, all right, you don't know how bad he was. And I said, I don't have to know, you know. 
what would your life be like if you weren't afraid of him in life and death? Yeah. So she uses this prayer and she says it over and over and over. And her little girl looks at her and says, mommy, the bad man is gone now. Wow. So I figured, okay, this is, this is a really, really wonderful tool that everyone should have. You shouldn't have to pay a medium. You should be able to remove someone, whether you know them or not, no matter how they died, no matter what they did, whether they're guilty or not, not ours to judge. Yeah. Wow. And that's what you shared with the handbag people? The lady in the handbag store started using the crossing over prayer. She was the manager. She or whoever opened the store that day would say the prayer as soon as the store opened. Then they were finally free of the ghosts. Now, why does it take repeating that so many times? I suggest people say it at least three times. It builds confidence in the speaker. Sure. That's the first thing. That makes sense. And the other thing is when you listen to the prayer at the end of each of the stanzas, it says right now, because in the fourth dimension, there's no time and space. So basically what you are saying is I'm taking my power back and you become stronger with each saying of it. When you say right now, and you put a little authority in your voice, you are actually, if it's a child and they're afraid, you're providing security. If it's a really terrible person, a terrible soul, vicious and cruel, you're showing your power and you are exercising authority over your entire space. And when you say it over and over, something happens inside of you. You are now connecting to the divine on a significant level. Okay. But could it take days for it to happen? Like sometimes the ghosts are stubborn or? You have to remember the prayer is, is requesting assistance to remove them right now. Right now. Okay. That's the, that is the point. Usually that's, that's all you need. I wrote the crossing over prayer book and there are 88 prayers that help the living and the dead. Wow. There are prayers for suicide, for murderers, and for someone who was murdered. There are special prayers just for children. If you don't have anything else, crossing over prayer will do. Okay. But the crossing over prayer book is also an audio book. It's an audio book. So if you are so distraught or you're afraid, you don't want to say it yourself, just Play listen it. to me say it, and that'll be done for you. Wow. That, now that's amazing. But that makes sense because what difference does it make? who was saying it. So one of the things I'm curious about is how does this affect the grieving process? Oh, that is a great question. Let's take suicide. If you're okay with that discussion, Sure. I have an awful lot of people leading through suicide right now. When a person takes their own life, their frequency is the lowest of the low. It's lower than murder because it's violence against oneself. And this is really beautifully discussed in David Hawkins's book, Power Versus Force, which is a great book. I recommend that to anyone. And when you are in such intense shock that this person that you had no idea was this depressed takes their own life, your grief is staggering. But what you can't feel is your shock and horror and grief, your own alone. Or are you also feeling the grief of the person who took their life, who is immediately sorry? They okay. are horrified at what they did. They thought it would be better, but it's not. And now they don't know what to do. And they hang around the living trying to say that they're sorry. So now your grief is exacerbated 
because the dead are with you. Once you cross them over, this lifts to a certain degree. And one of my, one of the most interesting stories is a mom in um, North Dakota, her 17 year old son took his life. And so she contacted me. I gave her the crossing over prayer for suicide. And she said it over and over and she felt her son leave. And she felt this light came on in her life. It didn't mean she wasn't grieving. It didn't mean she didn't miss him. And she has a million thoughts, but there was this subtle shift and she felt better about him. So she wrote to me and she said, I, I feel so badly that he took his own life. What else can I do? She said, can you write a prayer for me and any other family that's experienced suicide for after they cross their loved one over? Are there additional prayers they can say so they're not powerless and they're still helping the soul? There's a prayer after the loved one crossed over. So you can still let them know you love them. You are working through your grief. You're forgiving them. It's a great prayer. So there are several there. After my friend in the Dakotas crossed over her son, she felt better. But every day she would say this additional prayer. What it did to mitigate her grief was tremendous. And I pointed something out to her, which I hope whoever listens to this, who has, I don't know how you can go through life and not have suicide touch your life in some way. She said for the first time, she feels like she's beginning to understand pointed out to her that the people who take their life have taken their life, life after life, after life, after life. Oh, really? Yes. Having huh. done regressions with people who had suicidal ideation in this life, going back and looking, we just, this one of my most fascinating clients was a beautiful young woman, brilliant accountant. And all these different regressions, she took her life over and over and over when the same person died. It could be her father, her son, her husband. It didn't matter. Every time this person died, she was gone, literally sometimes within hours. By bringing this to awareness, she realized that if you take your life, it's not like someone's punishing you. It's as if you're given another opportunity to face mortal life again. It is the compassion of God in a way that you would never have thought of. And so when I pointed out to this mom, I said, for the first time in millennia, you cross this man, your, your son over. He now has the benefit of counselors of divine wisdom, of feeling the love and the light because something was missing. And sometimes when something's missing with that soul, there is nothing you're going to be able to do to fill that in. That gap is so tremendous and it can come from a past life, from past life trauma, really hard to know. And it's better not to judge what it is. Once they die and you have crossed them over and you're sending them prayers, you will have changed their future for millennia. Not maybe, you will have. Because for the first time, they're feeling something that they have been desperately needing. That's really good to hear that it makes a difference, not just in one way, but through all the, through a whole string of events. So that's that's good to know that we have that power to make that happen, to help somebody get through that and progress. So that that's kind of a relief. But I remember you told this one story when I was listening about a schoolgirl who followed somebody home. My granddaughter. Oh, that was your that was your grand. Oh, followed your granddaughter home. 
My granddaughter is, is 10 and my grandson is two. And when he was about a year old, I got this phone call from my, this happened more than once, but one night it was my son called. Sometimes it's my daughter-in-law who calls. And they said, you know, the baby has got this scream we've never heard before. And it doesn't seem like it's something we can fix. Can you look? Well, we live a mile away. So looking was you know, it was pretty easy, you know, remote view of their house. And there's this little girl and she is seven. And I said, hi, sweetie, uh, what are you doing here? And she said, I'm irritating this baby because he can see me. And I love making him cry. And I said, well, that's an interesting thing that you're doing. How did you get here? And she said, well, his, I followed his sister home. I just came home with her. Now, my granddaughter couldn't see her, didn't feel her, you know, nothing, but the baby could. So what happened was, I said, sweetie, have you been home to see your mommy? She said, mommy just cries and cries and cries. Mommy doesn't talk to me anymore. So I said, sweetie, what's the last thing you remember? She said, oh, I was swinging and swinging. And I said, did you let go so you could fly like a bird? She said, yes, I did. And then I'm standing next to mommy and mommy's crying and crying. So while she's telling me this, I'm bringing in a child angel to stand by her and slip her hand in this child's hand. Because a child angel is not intimidating for a child ghost. Sweetie, when you let go, you died and your mommy can't see you. And I've got this sweet angel who's going to walk you over into that beautiful light. Do you see anybody that you know? And she said, well, my grandmother's there. I said, then you're going to go see your grandmother. That's going to help your whole family, but you don't get to stay here with the baby anymore. Okay. And so she was gone and the baby, it's like someone went click, turned a switch. She stopped crying. Oh my God. You're making me cry. <laughs> so I could be mad at her because she was sticking him with psychic pins. Sure. <laughs> and pinching him. Or I could have compassion for a child whose frustration is really, really high. Wow. And so you don't have any way of knowing who her parents were or anything. I have no idea. Wow. Some, some children have died 50, 100 years ago. Oh, yeah, that's true. So if you're talking to a seven-year-old or a six-year-old and you say, what year is it? They may not know that answer. I didn't. I don't even worry with it anymore. I mean, right. I used to do all these questions. I just... You know, I'm tired. I want to go back to bed. <laughs> wow, that's really amazing. Do you teach people how to do this or do you do classes or is it strictly read the prayer and you're done? I work with private clients who have unusual problems beyond just an occasional ghost. I used to do some classes, but I don't do that anymore. I do better doing podcasts because it enables me to get more of a word out sure. that if you, if it was your child who was a ghost, would you want someone hunting them or would you want someone to help them in a karmically correct way? Yes. And They're very I, compassionate. There's so much compassion in what you're talking about, because like the story about the murderer, you know, there was a lot of compassion in that story or your own story about somebody who tried to harm you. A lot of compassion there to, you must be getting some points in heaven, girl. Well, <laughs> I I'm do sure my best <laughs> because you're helping them out of a true level, a, a deep level of compassion. So you were talking about the land in Charleston. Have you done just the land? Because sometimes it could be a lot or whatever that was. Oh, yes. I had a guy. He bought 100 acres of land outside of Las Vegas. 
and he wanted to develop it as a gas station before you got into the Nevada area. So he said, can you clear it? And I said, yes, but based on that location, it's going to take time. Took me 10 days to clear that location Wow! because you had decades of wagon trains. Yeah. And people died of every conceivable thing. And there were Native Americans and settlers had conflicts and the army had conflicts. And a lot of people crossed that stretch of land. They didn't die there. They just kept moving. Yeah. So clearing it becomes an interesting challenge. It took me 10 days to clear it. And I brought it up to the current level. And so I'm always clearing all those spots with the crosses. Because Uh, you will incur more accidents because if you are remotely angry, you'll be in resonance with whatever caused the accident. So if you see those crosses and you just, if you can't think of the prayer, just send angels and ask angels to cross those people over. I mean, it can be that fast. It doesn't have to be complicated. And it doesn't mean that you're practicing witchcraft or you're violating the Bible. It just means that you are providing true spiritual service to the living and the dead. Right. In a way you would never have imagined. I have very limited exposure to this kind of thing. And I'm just going to say thank you for that. I did go to Pompeii. I was there in the late 70s and I wasn't my intuition been fully developed at that point, but that didn't matter because I saw people in my mind's eye. I kept turning around because somebody was behind me. It was just, somebody needs to go a clear Pompeii. I can tell you that. That place is just, it's like zoo of dead people. You know, it's just like loaded. Well, it is. I mean, Pompeii Herculano, I lived in Italy three years. I went to Pompeii many times. Oh yeah. But like you, I was still developing things. So I didn't know how to clear it either. You have that pyroclastic flow and it pretty much kills you instantly. (laughs) Yes. uh, Yeah. That volcano will do it. A little hot lava goes a long way. That's true. But it's just so strange because I had never encountered anything like that before at that time. It was just, it was no denying what was going on. I didn't even know what I was really seeing or whatever. So that is pretty amazing. And I love that you've created this prayer and, you know, you sounds like you channeled it. You got a lot of support to make that happen. I have a lot of support. Basically, when you're using this prayer, you're accessing this really remarkable team that's looking for people who will help. That's the bottom line. When you're you're helping someone, it makes a huge difference. There's so many stories regarding suicide. Uh, one of them, I just my neighbor ended up standing in my bedroom and it's like, what are you doing here? And he said, well, you know, I killed myself. I said, yeah, I know. And he said, you have to go down the street and talk to my wife because I know what's in the house. And if it had, if we hadn't moved into that house, I wouldn't have killed myself. And I said, yeah, well, it sounds like the Amityville horror, but in California. And he said, just knock on the door and tell her I sent you and that she's to leave right away. And I said, dude, that works great. If you're 25 and you have cute outfits on television, (laughs) but otherwise they think that you're crazy and you're harassing a family and you can be arrested for that. And he said, well, well, you have to do something. I said, I'm going to cross you over. He said, no, God couldn't possibly love me. I said, you're not going to know that till you feel that light. It's like in the Patrick Swayze movie, it was so eloquently said by Patrick Swayze when he said, you can't believe the love. And I said, 
He said, but I want to help my wife. And I said, see this love? You still love your wife to the core of your being. It represents your goodness. There's nothing evil about you. You didn't understand what was happening. It's a horrible, horrible house, which I did eventually get to clear. And when you cross over, there are counselors of divine wisdom. And they're going to help you help your wife in a way that you can't imagine. And he said, what if they don't? And I said, well, I have an good authority. They will help you. I'm going to give you my word. And he said, and if you're wrong, am I going to come back? (laughs) So I said, well, you know, anybody want to come back? Once you cross that line, oh my gosh, the warmth, it just goes into this. Every atom of your being is so beautiful. And I said, "I, I give you my word. So he said, all right. So he crosses over the next day. His wife left because he visited her in the dream state, which is allowed, and told her to get out. Not only did she get out of the house, she sent a team to pack out the house. She would never set foot in it again. Oh, wow. So it worked. He did get the help he needed to help his wife because his intention of love and service to her was his overriding concern. Yeah, absolutely. Right. His intentions were at that point anyway, were good and certainly in service to the good. So, all right. Well, those are some serious stories. That's a, that's a lot. I want to thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I know that prayer is available on your website for no charge, right? Yes. So you can just, just, it's there was a video for the crossing over prayer, crossing over a murdered loved one, the compassion prayer for suicide and crossing over your animal if your pet dies. And some of these places in the United States that are having some situations, a lot of animals are literally dropping dead and they will want to cross their animals over as well, which will help their own grief of the loss of their, their can even be livestock. And it helps their grieving because that energy isn't hanging around anymore. Here's another example. A woman in South Africa, she was had suicidal ideation, no love life work, her business was failing. And it turns out 17 family members took their own lives. Oh my gosh. So when 17 people who took their own lives were crossed over, it's like the sun came out because a ghost, it's like this black soot that, you know, one like Charlie Brown pig pen, the soot, they come with soot. You can never keep your house clean when it's haunted. And so once they were not there, it's like she woke up, she got married, her business felt better and she could move and she could think again. It does a great deal of help for the living more than you might ever imagine. And it stops this feeling that suicide is contagious. It's not contagious. They just need to be crossed over. Think of the lives you could save. Yeah, that would be pretty tremendous. Thank goodness you figured this out. And you're so (laughs) generous and willing to share your wisdom and what you know with others to help other people cross over. At least now I know what I can do. Yes, you do. Oh, that's really good. And who would think that animals wouldn't know how to cross over? Well, Remember, they're being held here by the love of their owners. Oh, I see. Who are absolutely shattered that their pet died. If you live alone, your animal is your family. Sure. It's your companion. It's, it's where you shower your love. It's where you get love. 
Right. Those individuals really need a lot of compassion, especially when their pet dies. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, tell us your website one more time, please, before we go. Ghosthelpers.com. Well, thank you so much, Tina. I hope that, you know, the listeners, if anybody's listening who needs this kind of thing, they can have access to the prayer right away. And I hope they have, are brave enough to use it because we can, you know, from your stories, it works. I love that it works. It works. It works. And that it's not hard. You just say the prayer at least three times. So that is tremendous. Thank you for sharing all of that and your really amazing stories with the listeners today. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to share this information. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Love and magic.